Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. I need you to preach, and since you may not be here tomorrow, preach this. And uh, he came out and told the church, a, a fairly large church, that there would be those among them that were not going to make it to heaven, and that Jesus would look upon them and say, I don't even know you. And he said, I would never have preached a message like this unless, right, because he was concerned about what the people would think, or who would leave, or you know, all these different things. And when all those things had gone out the window, he preached a very strong but true message. Francis Chan has preached that message before also. He's, he's one of those that tells the truth no matter how much it hurts. And um, after he preached that message, he went for his treatment and they told him that he had been healed, completely healed. And he's pastoring today, so... I'm, in no way am I saying that, that God put that on him for God. Right by the sides of Jesus, we are already healed. But uh, something released something in him. And whatever that was, the Lord used it for sure. Hope is. Right? We've been in faith for a few weeks now. We're going to go to hope is. And next week, we're going to cover faith for prosperity. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> right? That's like, you know, how many of you that have been Christians long enough remember the, the, the prosperity message that was, it went on for a good decade or whatever, right? Yeah, we hoot and hollered for that. Now we're kind of like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say now, right? And uh, you're going to hear what the word says about prosperity, right? A balanced message on prosperity. And then the week after that, we're going to do faith for healing. Yes, and that's going to be what I'm calling our healing service. So you didn't know this, but I've been preaching faith for a couple of months now. I took that break in the middle between VBS, Father's Day, uh, and what else? We were, we were away. Mike Williams was preaching. And, uh, but we picked back up on it, and we've been setting you up for that. Because we've been planting the Word of God in your heart. And faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So you're going to hear some things that you've heard before. Don't let repetition take away the power of the word. Yeah. Oh, I've already heard this message. Oh, I've heard that message. Oh, I've heard that title before. Oh, I, you know, and then you tune out and you miss out on what God has for you. Hope is. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now, we, we know this chapter as the love chapter or the wedding chapter or, you know, love is and uh, love being the bond of perfection or the super glue that keeps uh, things balanced. You got to add love. Uh, you got to add hope to everything because that is going to keep things balanced. But check this out. First Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide. Told you I like that word. We said it earlier. Abide, abide, abide faith, hope, love. These three, let all these three abide. But the greatest of these is love. Now he doesn't diminish the other two. He just says the greatest of these is love. Because God is 
love. So, but he says, let three of these abide, but this is, if you're going to make it, if you're going to put one on top, put love on top. But this word abide means that there are only three things that can remain, three things that can continue, three things that will last or stay put. Yeah. You ever meet somebody that you just, they're stubborn. I'm going to use that word to, to teach hope and faith today. We need to be stubborn in our faith. You guys are laughing. Don't look at your spouse next to you, okay? You may be the, the stubborn one. They're so stubborn they don't change their mind. Well, what does that sound like? When everything else walks out, when everything else is done, when everything else is gone, faith, hope, and love will abide. You can lose everything in life. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. And don't lose your love. And you'll make it. Today we're going to focus on hope, but we're not going to obviously uh, uh, ignore the other two. In the English language, I said this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I mentioned uh, hope in, in one of the messages that said that hope is different in the English language than it is in, uh, in, in the Bible, in the biblical language. When we say, I hope I get this job, I hope my football team wins today. Well, there's no football on today. We can't wait till it starts, though, because the Dolphins are ready to go. I hope, <laughs> I hope I can pay my rent this month. I hope my spouse is in a good mood today when I get home from work. These all pose a question because of lack of certainty. There's a lack of certainty when you use this word in the English language. But biblical hope, it says it's like an anchor. It causes you to continue believing, to remain in faith, and to last until the assurance of the expected outcome comes to pass. Right. Remember how I like to say your grit? This is your grit. Hope is your, it's where you hang on. Yeah. It's more of an exclamation than it is a question. Right. When we use it in the English language, we use hope as a question. Right. Oh, I hope. You can hope all you want. Unless you have faith to cause that to come to pass. But your hope is the assurance of the expected outcome that comes to pass. True, true biblical hope bonded to faith in love. The three abide. Let me say that again. True biblical hope bonded to faith in love will abide until the desired outcome has come to pass. Biblical hope is an exclamation. Hope guarantees, guarantees a better tomorrow. Hope operates in the future. Faith causes it to be now. They got to work together. Our past causes questions to arise rather than hope for a better future. This didn't happen in my past, and I saw this and this person, and, and we, we go to other people's testimonies and other people's experiences, and we say, this happened and that happened, and, and it's not going to happen for me, and, you know, and, and, and I kind of I sinned the other day, and I really messed up, and I used God's name in vain. Why would he want to heal me? See, God's promises are not determined by your behavior. Amen. They're determined by your faith. Amen. Your faith will cause you to repent of those things and not do them again. 
See, the devil is out to steal our trinity of that guaranteed future. Faith, hope, and love. <clears throat> See, the devil has a trinity also of failure, doubt, and unbelief. See, doubt robs you of your faith. Unbelief removes hope for a better future. And fear, failure, doubt, and fear. Fear replaces the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. He comes with questions, and many of us have had these. Did God really say? That's his famous one. He started off with that in Genesis, didn't he? I feel bad for them because he does this again to Jesus, but by this point, there's something written. Give you a second to get that. At this point, Jesus says, it is written when the devil comes to tempt him. But Adam and Eve, right? But they had a relationship with God that they walked with God. And they, did God really say, aren't you hungry for the things of the world? Don't you remember how much fun you used to have? Come on. Those people at church are such squares. What would you say? Uh, squares, uh, we're going way back. I'm trying, to use, I'm trying to come up with a modern slang for a square, but I, I really can't. Huh? A noob? Isn't that, isn't that new? I don't know. All the old people are going, I don't know what he's talking about. Everybody understood a square? <laughs> Aren't you hungry for the things of the world? Come on, are you really a Christian? I heard what you said. I heard what you did. I saw you. I know what you're thinking. The enemy's such a liar. Are you really saved? Does God really forgive you? Are you worthy to receive them? This is one of his big ones. Are you worthy to receive a miracle from God after all that you have done? Are you really healed? Why are you giving your tithes and your offerings to the church? And then he goes on from there. I won't even go there. Is your child really going to be free? See, hope will change all that. Hope is an exclamation. Hope will cause you to confess the word of God, not just in the circumstance of the enemy, but into your, into your circumstance, but also into the enemy's ears. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God shall supply all my needs and all my wants. You got to join me next week for the wants part, okay? <laughs> Don't go out there now and go to the Mercedes dealership and tell them that you want the $120,000 Mercedes with everything in it uh, because God said so and you have faith that they're going to give you the keys because that, that ain't going to happen. Don't go around the car seven times and claim it to be yours. <laughs> these, are all, these, these are all prosperity messages. <laughs> we did that in our house in Miami. We went around it seven times. And we declared that it was ours, and it was the first house that we ever purchased. Uh, but we did something else, and I don't know if, if I should share this, but we, we, were, we weren't as, as grown up as we are. My, my wife's saying no, but I'm going to disobey her. I don't, I don't recommend this at all. But the, the, 
the realtor sign was in the yard. So we would drive by every day or every other day and throw the sign over the fence. I had this big white sign. <laughs> so we kept driving by. So we, were, we went around it, but then we added a little bit by throwing the sign over the fence. And the guy had it on the market for so long. He was actually a Dominican. He was in the Dominican Republic, had bought the lot, built the house brand new. Uh, anybody who knows about Miami, we were in Country Walk, which was a, a desired neighborhood. But at the time, uh, uh, Hurricane Andrew had destroyed everything. And that was one of the worst areas that was destroyed. Was, uh, so nobody wanted to move in there. So we, we moved into a, a, a very, very nice neighborhood for very cheap because we kept going around the house. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. We prayed in tongues as we threw the sign over. Me and my house shall be saved. That's an exclamation. Therefore, hope cannot be a question. It must be an exclamation. Jeremiah 29, 11. I read this earlier over uh, the babies that were being dedicated today. Jeremiah 29, 11, New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. See, if you go against these plans, you're going against the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you, this is great, to give you a future and a hope. Do you know, not to have a future and a hope, you have to reject God. You have to reject the gift that he's trying to give. No, 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 no. I I prefer not to have a good future and a hope. Thank you very much, but not today. You got to be crazy. God has a plan for you. It is good, and it guarantees a future and a hope. See, hope is an anchor to the soul. You guys know where I'm going with this. I'm going to read that scripture in just a moment, but it's an anchor to the soul. The soul is where your emotions are, your intellect, and your personality. You know, you pick up your personality culturally and, and being part of a family. How many of you know that? Right? If you're raised Hispanic, you act a certain way and behave a certain way and talk a certain way. If you're raised Italian or Irish or you know uh, uh, African American, or there's certain things that go with that culture yeah, right. that create your person. That's part of your soul. Right. That's part of your soul. And then your intellect is your mind. Right? Knowledge puffs up, but wisdom walks with God. Yeah. Right? I'd rather have wisdom. But should we gather knowledge? Absolutely. It doesn't say not to. We should gather knowledge because without it, we won't have wisdom. But wisdom is experience. You gather it as you live your life with the knowledge that you've received. Then your emotions. Can you trust your emotions? Thank God that there's an anchor for your emotions. Right? <laughs> We'd be, every time something go wrong, ah! help me, help me. We'd be going crazy. Oh, hey, how do I pray this? And you, if you follow your emotions, you're never going to have hope for a better future. You're going to cry. You're going to complain. You're going to pray to God with an, you're going to sound like Eeyore. Yeah, yeah, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. Winnie the Pooh? Anybody? Okay. 
Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 and 19. Thus God, determining to show more abundance to the heirs of the promise. Listen, the immutability. The immutability means it's an unchangeable thing of his counsel. Confirmed by an oath. He gave his word. He made a promise. I don't, how, how many of you know that God keeps his promises? That by, so he, he said one, the one immutable, then by two immutable, unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. The two immutable things are that he keeps his promises and he cannot lie. They are unchangeable. We might have strong consolation or a great confidence who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope, lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope. We have as an anchor to the soul. Be sure and steadfast in which enters the presence behind the veil. See, hope is an anchor to my soul, which means I do not need to be pushed around by my feelings or uh, by the storms of life, by whatever's going on in the world. I'm not just going around by every wind of doctrine, by whatever any prophet preaches or by what anybody says. You know, this is... We need to anchor ourselves in the hope of the Word of God being truth. There is so much out there. YouTube and, and you know, you could, you could, man, there's just so much doctrine and so much information out there. Find the truth and anchor to it. Find the truth and anchor to it. I'm not going to be moved by my emotions, by my intellect, Right? I'm not going to be moved by my culture. Well, I'm, you know, I'm Irish. I just, I, we, we have temper. Right? We drink. You know? I'm Cuban. I'm just loud. You know, I don't know what to tell you. That's how they talk. Not all of them. My, I'm sorry. My mom's in the house. And, and I may have just made, now I've got my wife and my mom mad at me today. So <laughs> does anybody want to take me home? <laughs> just for a couple of days. It'll only be a couple of days. It'll only be, not all of them, not all of them. And, and, and here, let's balance it out. The Puerto Ricans are like that too. Yeah. <laughs> the Dominicans are like that too. The Bolivians are all quiet and proper and they speak, they, they speak the proper Spanish and, you know. So we, we, we look up to them. But hope is an anchor that keeps from drifting from the promises of God. You see, you can have all the hope in the world, but if you don't have faith, an anchor is attached to a rope. You ever seen those anchors? In the bigger boats, it's just a big chain. And I was watching a, a show the other day, and the, the boat uh, uh, was pulling into the harbor, and it, it was out of control. And they said, drop the anchor. And the anchor was dragging on the bottom of, of where the harbor was. And, he, and the captain said, drop this anchor. And it dropped the one in the back because it had two anchors. It's a massive you know, boat. And it dropped one anchor and it kind of pulled it around. And he says, drop the other one. It was really neat the way that they were able to do that with the anchors because they, they lost power or something like that. And they dropped the anchors and, and, and they were able to control this massive boat. See, hope can be controlled. Your life can be controlled, and your unbelief and your lack of faith can be controlled by your hope. Yeah, yeah. 
if you anchor it down. When you're out in the ocean, I've been out in the ocean all night one time on a, a, a I'll never forget, went fishing all night on a, a New Year. It was New Year's. Spent the whole night on the ocean. And uh, the other guys that owned the boat, they had a little cabin on the bottom and they went to sleep. There was no room down there and I wasn't about to get in there with them. And um, so I said, look, I'm going to be st I'm stuck out here. I might as well fish. So why are we out here? So I stayed up all night and fished. I caught four 20, 20 to 22 pound mutton snappers. And then the next day, I caught, I caught a 42-pound wahoo. So I was catching everything, and they were like, oh, well, you know. And then at the end, they said, well, we're going to split up. We got a bunch of yellowtail. They said, we're going to split up everything. I said, no, we're not. <laughs> That's my cooler right there. I'm taking that with me. I stayed up all night while you guys slept. I caught the, you know, those of you who fish, I caught the Google eyes, which are little shiny fish that you can catch. You put the light next to the boat at night, and these little fish come. They're called Google eyes because they've got big eyeballs. And I caught those with the little rod, and then I put those on and caught the mutton. So I was up all night catching fish and, you know, gaffing them myself. I had to do all the work, and then they wanted me to split my fish with them? No. But why, why was I catching all these fish? Because we were anchored. We were anchored in one spot. See, if I was going around, I may catch one and then bring it in. And by the time I bring it in, I would have floated away somewhere and the fish were back there. See, hope causes you to stand on the word of God and stay where the promise is because that's where the fish are. Throw your net on the other side. Well, we're fishermen. We've been fishermen our whole life. But because you said so, because Jesus said so. See, that was their hope. But then they added their faith by throwing the net on the other side. Anchor, anchor to the word of God. Use your hope as an anchor. If you anchor yourself, you know, you're moving across the ocean or moving across a harbor, and you throw that anchor down, it hits the bottom, it, it goes into the ground, and then the boat kind of turns around, it sticks, and boom, and then you're, you're not moving anymore. No matter how the stream is moving, no matter how the water's moving, you're kind of there stuck, right? You're not going anywhere. Well, hope will only let your disappointment go so far. You can be disappointed. People are disappointed. This is a lack of faith. But don't let, it, don't let it keep you, don't let it take you adrift. Your unbelief will only go so long because you're anchored in your hope. Your fear, you may have fear for a moment, but then you go to the word because you have hope. And then the word gives you the faith you need to get rid of that fear. Don't worry, you're only going to cry so long because then the anchor of hope kicks in. You will only complain for so long, and then the anchor of hope yes. kicks in. You will only be upset for so long, and then the anchor of hope kicks yes. in. Eventually, my anchor is going to hold to the hope of the promise of God, and faith will cause those promises to come to pass. Yes. Hebrews 10, 22 and 23, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Do you notice that uh, 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 being pured and uh, being uh, uh, purified and, have, and getting rid of the evil conscience is really up to us surrendering to him? Yes. Let's draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. I draw near to him, Lord, I need you to remove this evil conscience of mine. And our bodies washed with pure water. Wash me, Lord. Let us hold fast 
the confession of our what? Hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. This promise is immutable. It's unchangeable. He who promised is faithful. Why am I saying that over and over again, Holy Spirit? He who promised is faithful. God made a promise, and he is going to do exactly what he said he would do if we would have faith in him and trust in what he said. God is not a man that he should lie, as it says. God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He is faithful. So hope being our target, you know, you can have hope and not have faith, and what happens? Pew, 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 you're shooting everywhere, you're never hitting a target. And what do we do? We come before God, listen carefully, because it's one of those times that now I, I, I got my, my wife and my mom uh, on the bad side, right? And now I'm going to get the... Might as well just shoot for everybody. Might as well just get everybody <laughs> while we're at it, you know, right? So you sit here and we go to God and we ask God things in a way that is not according to his word. So we have hope. But we, have, we, we, we have faith, but we have no hope. We have no target. What's the target? According to his promises. Yeah. See, our target is the hope that he is faithful to do what he said he would do. But we don't want to go there. We want to go and tell him what we said he should do. Stepped on some toes there. You okay? No open toe shoes here today, I hope. We want to go into... No. Our hope is the target, and the target says, this is according to what God said, and he is faithful to do what he said he would do. So now I have a target, and now I take my faith. The bow and arrow is a little less offensive, but I would rather go, you know. Right? And then you have a target to hit with what? Your faith. Hebrews 11.1. Now, I was going to start with this, but I wanted to touch hope for a while before I even got into this. Hebrews 11.1, New New King James Version. This has kind of been our reference scripture over the last few weeks. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let's read it in the New, New Living Translation. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It's so good. Let me say it again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. These words, confidence and assurance, are exclamations. They are not questions. They can, they're not, it's not a questionable thing whether God is going to do this or not. Whether if you apply your faith, will this work? I did that, and I applied my faith, and it didn't work. I tried that. That's your problem. You tried that. See, faith is not something you try. Faith is a lifestyle. It's something that you do. Every moment of every day, you walk by faith. These words, confidence and assurance, are exclamations, not questions. We don't question if the things we hope for will come to pass, but by faith, we are confident and assured that our hope will bring them to fruition 
through our faith. Romans 15, 13, New Living Translation. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confidence, with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when you're hopeless, the God of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. See, your, your hope in who he is and your faith that cause it to come to pass will keep you at peace and joy until it comes to pass. And, and here's, the, here's the trick. Well, until it comes to pass, what does that mean? You know, faith has two options, either the nail gun or the hammer, right? Sometimes faith for miracles, as in one of the gifts of the Spirit, happens like boom, and the nail goes right in, and boom, it happens. We lay hands on the sick, you pray, and it happens, boom. And sometimes you have to take the hammer. You know, in, in Portuguese, uh, uh, you know, to hammer something, is the word is pregar. That same word means to preach. To hammer and to preach is the same word in Portuguese. Pregar. Right? What are we doing here? We're trying to get the word, right, to be hammered into our hearts. And sometimes our faith is boom, and it happens. And sometimes we need that hope of assurance to hold on. All right? I like to call it grit. You guys have heard me say this several times as I'm teaching, right? You got to have grit. You go, I'm not letting go. And when I say that and I think about that, I think about Jacob. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Now, we know what happened. I'm not going to go into all that. But you know how I know Jacob was blessed? <laughs> right? Because of his limp. God said, let me go. We're done here. He says, no, we're not. No, we're not. I'm not letting go. And, and we know the word Jacob, the name Jacob, if you name Jacob, please don't take this the wrong way, but it means supplanter or con man, right? They named him that. He was one of the few men in the Bible that were named that, uh, at, that got their names right at birth. You know that we name our children even before they're, they're born. We all, before they're conceived, oh, when we get, you know, the book of baby names. Shouldn't that just be the book of names? Because they pretty much keep their name into, right? It's not book of adults or book of, right? It's book of baby names. Well, the book of names, it just should be called names. Anyway, so that's just my, my mind, the way it thinks. So he got his name right at the beginning because he was a twin to Esau. And Esau was being born first. And the first male born into the family is the heirs, the one who inherits. And Jacob was hanging on to his ankle. In his mother's womb. There, Esau was being born, and Jacob was like, oh, I want to go. And when he was born like that, they said, oh, this, is, this has got to be Jacob. He's trying to take the inheritance. And he ends up, Esau didn't value the inheritance. Jacob went after it his own way, right? But Jacob, when he finally realized through his whole life of trying to get God to do what he wanted him to do, trying to get God to come into his life, because his, his motive was right. His intentions and the way that, I mean, his, his, the way he did it was completely, completely demonic. I mean, it was totally wrong. But he finally got to a place where it's like, okay, that's it. 
Man, I could preach this. He left his family, his children, his wives, and all that on one side of the river, and he went to that place, Peniel, and he went there, and he waited on God. He separated himself from all his responsibilities. He separated himself from his wife, from his kids, from everything. He separated himself to be alone with God. How often do we do that? Separate yourself from the world. Separate yourself from your family. Separate yourself from everything that you possibly could and just be alone with God. We're almost fearful of doing it. Because then he came down and Jacob grabbed a hold of him and says, I'm letting you go, man until I get my blessing. And he was blessed because his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Where was I? Romans 15, 13. I, I, did I read that? Yes. Um, Romans 5, 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, having been, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into, his, into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The hope of glory. That, that, that's, that's what happened. That's why, that's why Christians can die with a smile on their face. Their bodies can can die with a smile because they don't, you don't, we don't really die. We just transfer into, right? Because of what? The hope of glory, right? I'm not afraid of death. I got stuff to do here. I want to be around. I want to be around to see my great grandkids, right? I want to be around because I know that this time here is it's just a fleeting moment compared to eternity. But I have no problem. Right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hope of glory. That's right. And uh, we have the peace, God, through Lord Jesus, through whom we have access by the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What? That don't sound right. Somebody mistranslated that. <laughs> we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Wow, that's good. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. So if you have hope, you have to be a person of character because you persevered through tribulation. See, hope will not... Where was I? Character, hope, verse 5. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope will not disappoint. It builds your self-esteem. Hope will not allow you to think less of yourself. Hope will cause you to go after the promotion even though you're not as educated as the others. Hope will borderline take you to arrogance. Now, don't step over into arrogance because that's not very humble. But I know I am a child of the Almighty God bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. He is my Father, creator of heaven and earth. Wow. I haven't even tapped into the access that he has given me as his son yet. I'm barely 
experience. But you know what? Through faith and hope, I'm going to begin to experience more of his promises in my life. Because I am a ch- I've been bought by the blood of Christ. And he is my father. He is my father. I can't go into a, oh, me, oh, my attitude. I can't. Hope will give you a yes, you can attitude. And faith will cause you to achieve it. The process of building hope takes you from tribulation, perseverance, character, all the way to hope. Hope is the don't give up character that causes you to have audacious faith to believe for the impossible. If we're not believing for the impossible from God, we're not, we're not reaching. He's up there going, come on, really? That's something you could do. I gave you the power to do that. I gave you the ability to do that. Why are you asking me for it? I want to do something impossible. I want something that may cause people to look up and go, there has to be a God up there. Right? I want, to, I want, I want limbs to grow out. I want people to get up out of their wheelchairs. I want to ask for the impossible. When the doctor says that you have no, no, there's no future, you're done, you get the, the death notice, I am going to believe the report of the Lord. And I will live. And I will live a long life. Because he promised it to me. Right? Come on. How disappointed and for how long can you be? If you ask the God that gives you the impossible. When life is full of tribulation, I persevere because my character of hope will not let me give up. Let's say that again. When life is full of tribulation, and I persevere because my character of hope will not let me give up. Don't, you know, sometimes we give up and the answer is right around the corner. Sometimes we're right there and we're about to receive something from God and, and, and we go, oh, I can't do this anymore. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. My wife and I have been doing this for, for our church. We always did it, but we're doing it even more now. We remember before our God and Father, your work produces, produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance, endurance, endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So sometimes if you go by faith, boom, oh, I didn't need any hope there because it just, I believed in what he said and it happened and that's awesome. And sometimes we go before God and we pray. And it doesn't happen right away. What are, we, what are we lacking if we can't handle the endurance of hanging on? We need hope. My faith is there, but I might be missing some hope. Because it says, your endurance is inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, not we think or we kind of understand. Or, no, we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Let's let's try to get that out of our lips. He chose me. Say, he chose me. He chose me. (laughs) Wow. God chose us. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have chosen me. But it didn't matter because God chose me. 
So if you got a problem with it, go talk to him. <laughs> I said this and I wrote it down, and, and I don't know if I believe it 100%, but I thought it was interesting. Hope is the Red Bull of faith, <laughs> right? Without the crash. It causes you to endure and causes you to have faith until your hope becomes substance, right? Have faith until your hope becomes substance. And we're going to finish with this. I took hope and I made an acronym out of it. Of course you did, Pastor Rick. You love doing these things. I do love doing these things. Our vision for church is actually an, an, an acrostic. Uh, but I, I love doing this, and I'm going to share these with you, and then i got two scriptures I want to speak over you, and then we're going to leave here in faith and in hope, and we're going to endure whatever we're going through, and God's going to be faithful to do what he said he would do in your life. And we're going to have testimonies because of this word of faith that is being preached at New Life right now. Thank you for agreeing with me. H, hold on to God's word. God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he's going to do. H, hold on to God's word. Hold on. Oh, optimistic outlook because of Jesus. I know. You, I just said optimistic, and some of you in your minds already said, but I'm a pessimist. See, in my family, everything was oh me, oh my. You laugh because it's probably you, right? Oh me, oh, everything was like really bad. It was dark. It was everything was going wrong. And, and, and that's your soul. Anchor your soul already with hope and have faith that things will turn out for good for those who love and serve him. Isn't that what it says? But the enemy put together for, for bad, he turned it to good. Optimistic outlook because of Jesus. We can be confident about the future. P, purity in the grace of God. See, hope and purity go hand in hand. John 3, 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, I can't go into this because I'm going to teach, I don't know when, but uh, I'm going to teach faith worketh through love uh, uh, in, in one of these sermons, I'm not going to make a whole sermon out of it, but I am going to, uh, 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 you know, how faith works. I'm going to teach on that a little bit. But you know that God is going to answer your prayer if you start your prayer. This happened on Wednesday, and it was such a revelation to all of us, I believe. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us, our trespasses, right? Give us our daily bread. See, if your prayer is in love, it's not a prayer of need or a prayer of greed. It's always going to be a prayer of need, right? So you go before God, and sometimes our prayers are just prayers of, of fellowship. You ever fellowship with God, Right? Just spend some time with him. Hey, Lord, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a petition today. I just want to come before. I'm just happy and, and grateful. I just want to come before you and spend time with you and, and, have your, and put on some worship music and, and just spend some time alone with you. You ever do that? Yeah. Try it. You'll like it. Remember Mikey? All the old people did the same thing. The young people were going, who? Sorry, I'm going to be 55 in a couple of weeks. July 29, by the way. 
July 29, everybody can, you, nobody's writing this down. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> purity in the, in the grace of God, hope and purity go hand in hand. E, last one, enduring no matter what happens. You have to be a person of endurance. Shorten your anchor rope. You know, you may start your Christianity and your anchor rope is way out there. And you kind of, you know, you get pushed around a little bit. And, you know, you only go so far because, but man, it comes a time where you're going to have to start shortening that rope. Yeah. Right? Endure, endure, endure. I'm going to ask you, please, to stand to your feet this morning. And if you would allow me to speak these things over you today. Psalm 71, 14. As for me. I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. As for us, Lord, I pray that they would always have hope and that they would praise you more and more. That's a sign of hope. In the middle of your tribulation, in the middle of whatever you're going through, in the middle of your sickness, in the middle of your bank book, you know, uh, uh, not squaring up, in the middle of all of that, you praise him because there's hope for a better tomorrow. Psalms 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. We put our hope in your word. That we are more than conquerors through Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You shall supply all our needs. I love when he uses the word all. All our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. You are our shepherd. We shall not want or lack. Thank you, Lord, that you not only meet our needs, you take away our lack. Hallelujah. And as we are our faith is moved by love, and it works through love. As our faith does that, and we pray our Father, we pray not just for our own needs, but for those around us, Lord. Lord, and as we pray for others, selfishness and greed has to go out the window. The minute we say our, it's no longer a selfish prayer. The minute that we are moved by love, by hope, and by faith, and the greatest is love. Why? Because our faith and hope is based on it. <laughs> My faith is based on the fact that you so loved the world that you gave. You gave your only begotten son for me, for us, for the world. Wow. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn us. Come on, 317. But to save us through the giving of his life. Condemned are those already if they don't believe. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and receive him as your Lord and your Savior, and you are no longer condemned. No longer condemned. Because he didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to save it through the giving of his life. And if you decide not to believe, he didn't condemn you, you did. Well, that's not a very good way to preach the gospel, Pastor Rick. 
So how easy it is. How hard it was for him. But how easy it is for us to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So if you're here today and you're saying, man, I want those promises. I want to be called the child of the Almighty God. I've never been called that before. I've never uh, asked God to come into my life. And, and I've never asked Jesus to be part of who I am. If that's you, just kind of raise your hand and we'll pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to anything. Just raise your hand and wave at me for just a moment and we'll pray with you. Anybody? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We praise you. We have an assurance of hope, a confident assurance that you will do what you said you will do because that is an unchangeable thing. Your promises and the fact that you do not lie. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We receive your blessings this morning as we believe and our hope gives us the target and our faith causes it to come to pass. We put this into practice, not just today, but every day here on. Thank you, Lord. Deal with our soul. Deal with our soul, our minds, our, our intellect. Deal with our soul, Lord. Come on. Surrender. I surrender unto you that you would do with us as you please. David said, search me, O God. Wow, he opened the door to his heart, to his soul, to his mind. Search me, O God, that if you find any iniquity in me, that you would cleanse me of that. Search me, God, that I may present myself to you holy and pure, not because of what I do, but because of what you do. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.